Hey there, you're listening to Mama's Mission, a podcast that unpacks the mission of discipling your kids into a real and loving relationship with the Lord while doing all we do in this crazy thing we call mamahood. So if you're looking for a place to get inspired about discipling your kids, get some actual tools to do so, and to make your journey as a mama that little bit simpler, you've come to the right place. I'm Deb and I can't wait to journey with you as we unpack our missions as mamas together. Hey everyone and welcome to Mama's Mission. My name is Deb and here at Mama's Mission my aim is to inspire you to lead your kids into a loving and intimate relationship with the Lord through discipleship. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You could be filling your time with goodness knows what but you've actually chosen to listen to me and I want to let you know that I'm so truly grateful. Here I am sitting in the bathroom, tiny house problems, because where I normally record the podcast, I stupidly turn the fan on for the oven and oh, as you can see, I'm not like this domestic goddess, goddess or anything. So yeah, the fan's going off and I don't know. It's just easier to do it in here. So let's see how long this lasts because I've got the laptop perched on the toilet. I've got my little still with my mic. Yeah, let's see how this goes. Anyway, in today's episode, we are going to unpack how I actually spend time with God. Um, I think it's really important to know that this is just my way of spending time with the Lord and I've been having quiet times with him for quite some time and this is just what it's morphed into and yeah I just want to let you know that my way doesn't mean it's the only way or the best way this is just the way that's working for me at the moment and I am not afraid to mix it up at all so this is just what it is at the moment now. I'm a firm believer that you can't pour from an empty cup. And if I'm supposed to be discipling my daughter, I probably should get things sorted my end. Otherwise, it would almost like be like the blind leading the blind. So I thought I'd unpack my morning time with you all. And at a later stage, I'll go into a day in the life with God to show you all the ways I connect with him throughout the day. So in a perfect world, I set my love to go off before, yep, that's right people, before Kenzie, my daughter, wakes up. I do this as I want my time with the, the Lord to be uninterrupted. This is in the morning, as you heard. It doesn't always have to be the morning. You may not be an early bird. This is just really what works for me because at the end of the day, I'm usually wasted and the last thing on my mind is getting super spiritual and spending time with the Lord. Does it always pan out this way with me getting this uninterrupted time? No, but when I set that alarm with the intention of spending time with God, nine times out of 10, it actually does happen. So I think it's super important to note that my Bible, journal, and any other reading material I have are right next to my bed. So I've got no excuse to get distracted. I do my quiet time in the morning in my bed. I don't even get out of bed to make coffee um, because, yeah, that just happens after I've had my quiet time. But I have everything on hand. I don't want to be getting distracted going downstairs to get things. It's just annoying. So, yeah, I make sure everything is there the night before. 
other than tapping the alarm on my phone, I don't touch my phone until after my time with God. Unless I'm doing something like I did this morning, I had to look up a word and what it meant, which gave me further clarification on the scripture that I was reading. But otherwise, I try not to look at my phone because I'm bound to get it caught up in the labyrinth that is Instagram. And before I know it, my precious quiet time has gone. I'm reading the She Reads Truth Bible at the moment. I'll link that in the description. I love this Bible as each book of the Bible has a reading plan and devotions are scattered throughout the whole Bible. Also, in the beginning of each book of the Bible, there's like history and like a timeline and that just really helps me because, yeah, my knowledge of the Bible, you know, it's a work in progress. And I just really like knowing that. I also love the Bible because there are thick margins on either side of the text, which means that I can write to my heart's content. I have tried Bibles in the past that were like illustrated Bibles, um, and they were great. But yeah, I just found that I wasn't using it as much as what I am using this Bible where there is no like real illustrated stuff. It's pretty much you do your own thing. And yeah, your girl ain't that crafty. Okay, so I'm just writing stuff down. Barely can read the writing that I've written, but yeah, and underlining a whole bunch as well. Um, I'm not reading the Bible from cover to cover. I would love to be one of those people that brags, I've read the Bible cover to cover like five times. Um, I don't think I have actually done that. That should probably go on the to-do list. But what I do is I pretty much go through the Bible and I ask the Holy Spirit which book he wants me to focus on and read through that following the plan that, you know, is in the beginning of each book. And it's just so easy. After each reading, I tick it, it's done. So I know that I've read that book and taken that's been done. So... At the moment, I'm reading Zechariah, and as I'm getting more into the book, I'm slowly realizing why God has led me into this book. Anyway, after my reading of the plan, usually it's like a chapter or so, but if it's a smaller book, it's only like a couple of verses, um, I unpack it using the three R's. I'm not too sure where I discovered this, but I like it. So the first R stands for rejoice. So I find something in the scripture that relates to God and how I can rejoice in him. That I thought would actually be quite tricky, but trust me, when you're actually looking and reading through scripture, he's in it a whole bunch, like it's his love letter to us, and there's a whole heap that we can celebrate, you know, celebrate him for. The second R stands for repent. Oh, a tricky, possibly controversial subject, but man, this has been coming up for me a whole bunch lately, and it's the concept of repentance. And we all know that we're sinful. Um, Hello, the fall. But yeah, I definitely know that it's a barrier and I have got sin in my life that needs to come up and often when I'm reading scripture it does come to the forefront so after reading the scripture is there anything I need to repent of after reading it and the last R stands for request so I then take my request to God usually 
it's about what I feel I need to repent of. That's just the way it goes. This doesn't take long, but I'm a pen and paper kind of gal, so I record all of this in my journal, which, by the way, I would love to say is is a beautiful journal like that totally sparks desire to write in. It's not. It's a plain exercise book that any kid could get in fact my daughter would probably love this as it's got Elsa from Frozen on it it was only a buck from the local stationery shop and yeah it gets me through anyway I've also been challenged recently to find a promise in what I've read and declare that in my prayer So only this morning I was reading Zechariah about fasting and this is something again that's been coming up for me heaps. So I'm thinking I should be looking into this a little bit more. I'm a total newbie on the concept of fasting. I've done it once. I did it really badly. Um, But yeah, I know I've got a lot to learn. But if I embark on it on the journey, let me know if you'd like me to take you along with me with how I fast. Anyway, in chapter 8, verse 19 of Zechariah, it says, The Lord of armies says this, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth will become times of joy, gladness, and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. I thought that was pretty cool to declare in my prayer that fasting will bring joy, gladness, and cheer. Obviously, I'm looking into fasting, and that was such so awesome for me because... I was praying about it and then that's a scripture that came up. I totally know God's in that. Anyway, after my Bible reading, I journal. I write down whatever's on my mind, like a dear diary kind of concept. It doesn't take me that long. Um, I often write a whole bunch of questions. Sometimes it's only a few lines. Other times it's like a bunch of words, like paragraph, two paragraphs. It just really depends on what's going on in life for me. So I just like to get all my thoughts down on the page. I then journal God's response to me. So if I'm writing my my journaling, it's kind of like a, hey God, this is where I'm at. And then his response to me is him speaking through me. So I actually journal that. I've been journaling for maybe five years now where God actually speaks to me and that's how I hear from him quite a lot other than through reading the word and you know hearing his voice but I hear a lot from him through journaling. Um, I love the book The Freedom Diaries. It's written by a Kiwi guy called Mark Holloway and it's about hearing from God and in that book he unpacks how to do this more and it's really really clear. I love that book. I read it after I had been journaling for some time but even then it gave me some cool tips and I really enjoyed it. So in the whole journaling concept of God and me journaling, I get still and I wait on him and then I start writing. Sometimes all I get is an I love you Deb. Other times he takes me to a scripture to unpack. Other times he does what he does well and kindly tells me to pick up my socks and do better. Or he frustratingly answers my questions with questions of his own. Either way, it's such an awesome time in the morning where I'm hearing from God on a daily basis. Um, I thought it would give you it would be a good idea to give you an example of one of my entries because I hate it when people give you all of these tips and they give you no examples. So 
yeah, I'll share what I journaled that day for me and then what God's response was. Note, it's important to know, I call God Daddy. I have for quite some time. I don't call my real dad Daddy. I call him Dad and I love him to bits, but God is Daddy to me. It's just way more intimate and that's how I see him. So I wrote, Daddy, I woke this morning with the thought that it's one thing to fill up on you, second things of you, such as books and third things that aren't of you. I desire for number one to be most important. I'm getting better with inviting you in. That helped. Um, Doesn't really make that much sense, but hey, at the end of the day, it's all up to her. It's what I'm feeling at that time, and no one's marking this. Thank goodness. Anyway, this was God's response. My heart is for you to desire time with me and bear with because I have to turn the page and more and more of it. I created you for relationship, not only once in a blue moon to catch up, life challenging, like challenging family members. I want you all day, every day, like your husband, Pete. I love you, Deb. And love coming along for the ride. I love it better when you come along for the ride. It's a process. So that's where we were at. Something short but sweet, but yeah, a nice way to hear from him. Once my chats with God are done, I move on to gratitude. For a season there, I was really struggling to see the good in my husband. I'm sure we've all gone through times like this, but um, yeah, he was just... I just couldn't find anything nice to say about him. And in the grand scheme of things, I've got a pretty awesome husband. But for a while, to put it bluntly, he was just getting on my nerves. So I took my complaints to God and he suggested that instead of complaining, I record what I'm actually grateful for. So I started this and after a few days, my complaints about Peter gone and I was working towards filling his love tank by giving him words of affirmation because that's his main love language. Um, totally a work in progress there. But yeah, it, to- it massively helped me with my mindset on my husband because after writing things down about what I was grateful for, it took a little bit. Like initially, I could only write a couple of things, but after a week or so, I couldn't stop. There was so much to be grateful for for him. Anyway, I started that maybe a year ago, and I still do it to this day. So I do about two lines each morning. So again, I will share a little example with you. Let's see, on the 27th of last month, Uh, gratitude Pete he cares for me does work on the house he's loving he's firm he speaks his mind he apologizes I love his cuddles his big heart he's super generous and he's fun Um, it would be a good idea for me to actually tell Pete these things he's told me in the past that he really wants to hear these things from me but um, yeah he leaves for work well before I actually have my quiet time or sorry it coincides um, I then record what I'm actually grateful for for my daughter. For as, yeah, you guessed it, after traveling with her and my husband in our caravan, Wanda, around New Zealand for two and a half months, she was getting on my nerves too. Guys, I love her to bits, but she can get slightly demanding being an only child and all. I know, I know, you're probably thinking, hey, Deb, there's a common factor here. Your husband's getting on your nerves. Your daughter's getting on your nerves. Maybe the issue is you. You are probably right. 
But anywho, I thought on that day I would share another example of what I was grateful for her for. So for her, I was grateful that she's loving, she's fun, she desires to spend time with us. She loves the concept of family night where we have something that like banana splits for dinner. I mean, hello, who doesn't want dessert for dinner? But then we sit in front of a movie because we don't normally eat dinner and watch a movie at the same time. I love the fact that she speaks her mind. Okay, yes, this can get a little bit irritating as of late, but I do like that she can do that. I love the fact that she loves her room, that she's confident, and that she loves worshipping. She inspires me to worship. So a whole bunch of stuff to be grateful for for her. Lastly, I record in general what I'm grateful for. Like, it's only two lines, but it helps me have a generally good outlook on life. So that same day, what I was grateful for just in general was a day off, shopping online, food shopping online, like I hate the supermarket with a passion, food shopping online, oh, oh, the person who invented that, wow, I just love that so much. I am grateful for Pete and Ken's and Tess, which is our tiny house. Um, I'm grateful for family, for my bed, for books, podcasts, birds, which is ironic considering I hate them and they're scary, but they make beautiful noises outside my window. So I was grateful for, th- for that. Um, I was grateful for the shelves being done, a little project that I had had Pete do, which did take a little while to be completed. I'm grateful for the toilet. Hello. I mean, something so simple and basic. Most of us have one. But I'm grateful for, for, for the fact that I've got into plumbing and I don't have to have like a long drop outside. I'm grateful for my laptop and my church. So a whole bunch of things to be grateful for. I think it would be a great idea if you were feeling a little down in the dumps to actually um, yeah, get yourself into a bit of gratitude. It can do a world, make a world of difference. I've had to readjust because yeah. I knew this position wasn't going to last that long, but my feet are killing me, pins and needles. So yeah, let's see how the rest of this goes. Um, After I've done my gratitude for those three things, so grateful for Pete, grateful for my daughter, and grateful for anything in general, I finally finished my time with prayer. I used to dish out a whole bunch of requests to God, like he was my genie, and found my prayer life was (laughs) pretty average, really. But recently I read a book called The Papa Prayer. I've mentioned this in um, previous episodes and I'll link that in the description. But in that, the author unpacks praying using the acronym PAPA, P-A-P-A. So the first P stands for presenting yourself to God with no pretense. This part I find easy because it's simply telling him what's on your mind and heart. I'm probably finding that easy because I'm used to doing that with my journaling. The A, the first A, stands for attending to how you're thinking of God at the time. So ask the question, how am I experiencing God right now? Is he a vending machine? Which is what he has been guilty of, like what I've been guilty of thinking of him. Is he a frowning father? Is he compassionate? Is he a loving dad? Like how are you experiencing, experiencing him right now? The next P, so P-A-P, that third Letter stands for purge yourself. Again, that whole repentance thing coming up again. Purging yourself of anything blocking your relationship with God. 
How are you thinking more of yourself and your satisfaction than about anyone else, including God and his pleasure? Ding. Um, with that P, let's just say that there's a whole bunch of stuff that he brings to the forefront, but God is a gentleman. He never just brings the whole book on, hey, Deb, we've got to work through all of this stuff. It's usually just one thing. And the last A stands for approach God. So let me tell you, when I first read the book, I had a hard time getting my head around it. But now my prayer life is way better. I enjoy praying because prior to that, it was more of a task on the to-do list and done and let's get on with the day. But I'm getting more real with God in this kind of prayer and praying about the things that are actually important to him. Thus, they're becoming more important to me because I used to just hand out, dish out prayers like, I want this, I want this, oh, by the way, if you could, like, that would be good if you could do that. Like, I know that's really what you would like as well, but it wasn't on the forefront. Whereas this kind of prayer makes me, it changes my mindset to thinking about what God wants. I'm only in the beginning stages of praying this way, people. Okay, but I would recommend that if you're struggling in your prayer life, give this book a read and it'll give you a better idea of how to go about praying the Papa's Prayer. So I really want to give you again an example. People, can you tell that I'm a teacher? But I really want to give you an example, a brief discample, a brief example, sorry, of how you would pray a Papa's, the Papa's Prayer. So for me, again, I call God Daddy. So I would say, Daddy, I'm thinking about the podcast. I'm thinking about putting more into hearing from others than from you. I'm thinking about getting all the washing done after a weekend away. And what do we have like 10 loads that I have to do? So those are the things that I'm bringing, I'm presenting to him. Um, then the next A, which going through my notes is attend. How am I actually thinking of God? Um, I see you, Daddy, as my constant source of comfort. You're with me in the good, the bad, and the mundane. You're with me always, and I love that about God. The third letter, which is P, is purge. And some people are going to be like, oh. But yeah, asking the question, what's something I need to give to you? So I sit and I listen. So what's something I need to listen, oh, I need to give to you? So I sit and I listen, and this is what he tells me. I need to give him the need to be perfect. I didn't even know that it was really on my radar, but apparently that's something that I need to purge. And the last the last letter is A, which is approach. So I'm going to give him, you know, pray about these things. So Daddy, please help me to not be concerned with what others think, but with what you think. I'm not perfect. I'm actually far from it, but I can definitely learn from Pete where he is super transparent with everyone. Please let me be more real with others. Amen. And that's how I spend my time with the Lord each morning. During the time, sometimes, in fact, a lot of the times, our daughter wakes to call, come and find me. It's a game she likes to play when she wakes up. As I've mentioned, we live in a tiny house. There aren't that many places for her to hide in her room. In fact, the only place she can hide is the same place every single morning, which is under her blanket. But after I've found her, I turn on the light and she can play in her room until 8am. If I set the alarm for 6.30, I don't spend that whole time in quiet time, but I do spend a good chunk of it. 
I then read or do things I like to do. So yeah, maybe a sneaky time on Instagram before she gets up. So I'm actually being intentional. I don't want to be sitting on my phone when she gets up and I'm giving her breakfast and we're getting ready for the day. I want to have done that kind of thing first in my time before we crack into the day. Occasionally I mix things up a little bit, like bring a devotional in here and there. I'm not a huge devotional fan though. That's just not my jam, but anywho, it could be yours. But that's how I've been spending time with God lately. I would love to hear how you spend your time with God. Look me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb where I try to pop in regularly and show me or show me in your stories or what, however you want to do it, you listening to this or how you spend time with God. Also, if you're liking what you're hearing, I would love you to join the family and become a subscriber. Thanks so much for listening. I'm hoping this inspires you to spend time with the one who loves you oh so much, like next level much, much more than you could realize. Remember, mamas, you are loved, called, and capable. That does it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Mama's Mission. And if you like what you heard, it would be awesome if you gave us a review. Catch you next week.